We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. All right, lift your Bibles out. Let's go. Say, I'm ready to hear. Then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. God, do what you do when you do how you do it, because you do it so well. In Jesus' name, you can grab a seat. Let's go to work. I got to preach like Speedy Gonzalez, which means y'all got to be with me from the start. You ready? Our series is Sees a Bad Mama Jama. We've been taking some lessons from some ladies of the Bible. But let's remember, fellas, these are not just limited to ladies of the Bible. They also apply to us. Today, I've introduced you to several great women like Hannah and Deborah and Jael. But today, I want to introduce you to the mean girls. Because the Bible doesn't just show us what to be. It also shows us what not to be. Which means when I'm looking at the scripture, some people are examples of what to do and others are examples of what not to do. And I need you to be grateful for everybody that's ever been in your life because some people showed you how to act and some people showed you how not to act. I don't need you to be mad at anybody that's ever been in your life. I don't need you to have any bitterness. I don't need you to have you any, uh, any anxiety or any rumination of who's been in your life because even if they weren't good, God was using it for your good. Even if they treated you like trash, God was teaching you there's treasure on the inside. Come on here. I need you to be grateful for everybody that's ever been in your life. The Bible shows us what to do and also what not to do, what to be and what not to be. And when we're listening to this message, you're going to hear some traits that you're easily going to be able to identify in others, but also some traits that you'll be able to identify in yourself. Hear me, 1115. God only reveals things about us to us to heal them in us. So in other words, God reveals so he can heal. Say he reveals so he can heal. So here's mean girl number one. Her name is Jezebel. Now, spirits do not have sex, male or female, which means that a spirit can in fact be a male or a female in terms of their natural disposition. So fellas, don't listen to this and only think of women. Women, don't listen to this and only think of women because you might not be Jezebel, you might be Jeezy. Maybe there's something hidden in the name we didn't know the whole time. Listen, I'm just saying. So watch me. Uh, Jezebel marries this king named Ahab. Ahab is a very weak man. And you have to be careful that you do not marry people who make you feel good about it where you're weak. Let's go. You got to be careful that you don't have people around you that instead of strengthening you to be better, that they, they look at your areas of weakness and they prey upon it. 
You need people around you that when they see areas of your weakness, they're going to speak strength to you. They're going to speak life to you. Watch me. And they're going to stretch you. The people that hate you are the people that look at your weakness and say, it don't matter. But the people that loved you are the people that say, you got some weaknesses. I got some weaknesses. Let's both get better together. I pray that in your next 12 months of life, you have people who when they come into your life, they help you get better. So listen, so listen, so listen, so listen. So see, Mary's this man named King Ahab. And in 1 Kings 18 and 4, the Bible says, while Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets. So here's the first thing that the spirit does. It attacks spiritual leadership. She's a mean girl. And by mean, I don't just mean that she's mean in her disposition. I mean that she's mean in the fact that she impedes your movement. What is your movement? Your progress. See, this spirit attacks spiritual leadership. She was killing God's prophets so she could cut off God's voice into the life of the people. I need you to hear me. You know you're dealing with a Jezebel because they try to attack the voice that speaks life into your life. These are people that talk about your past and they never met him. Let's go. These are people that talk about your church and they never been. These are people that try to throw dirt on the voice that is giving you life and giving you the victory. And you need to learn how to tell those people they can shut that mess up. Why? You will not cut off the voice that God is using to speak life into me. Where were you when I felt like giving up? Where were you when I felt like throwing in the towel? God, use this man of God to get me through the worst period of my life and you can go straight to hell if you think you're going to talk about the voice that God uses to speak life to me and I meant what I said there that was what I said listen verse 17 when Ahab saw Elijah he said to them is that you O troubler of Israel check this out what this spirit does is it gaslights Ahab ends up calling Elijah the troubler of Israel when really it is him that's the troubler of Israel but the spirit of Jezebel will do is it'll accuse you of doing what it does so because it's a lie it'll call you a lie it's inconsistent. It'll say you're inconsistent. Some of you have met emotional manipulative gaslighters in your family. And what they do is they throw on to you what it is that they are. And they have you feeling guilty for something you never did. They'll have you feeling guilty for something you never said. And you got to be careful because oftentimes, watch me, Jezebel lived with King Ahab, which means the spirit of Jezebel is going to be somebody that's close to you. They might even be up in your house. And you got to learn how to keep, watch me, how to keep it moving, even if you've got that spirit around you. Jezebel, she gaslights because she gets Ahab to say, Elijah, you're the trouble of Israel. When really, look at the verse. The verse says, listen, I didn't trouble uh, uh, Israel. Elijah replied, you and your father's house have. You have abandoned the Lord's commandment and followed the bells. So what ends up happening is you're getting ready for a showdown. Because, listen, what, what's amazing to me about the text is that Ahab really didn't have a problem with Elijah. It was Jezebel that did that made Ahab have a problem with Elijah. Because if you look at verse 19, let's look at verse 19. In verse 19, this is what Elijah tells Ahab to do, and Ahab does it. This is what Elijah tells Ahab to do, and Ahab does it. This is what Elijah tells Ahab to do, and Ahab does it. Which means King Ahab, you know what's right. You just listen to this trick. Y'all ain't going to talk. You know what you're supposed to do. You just listen to a voice that don't like the voice that speaks life into you. Now summon for me the people of all over Israel. Summon them to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring me 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah. Now for years you read this maybe and thought there was only 450 prophets that Elijah dealt with. No, there was 850. And look at where they sat. They sat where? At Jezebel's table. Here's the next principle. When you're dealing with the mean girl, this mean girl Jezebel, listen, her table is filled with falsehood. Everybody around her is a lie. And they lie to her to make her feel good about her disorder, about her disrespect, about her rebellion. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. 
Some of y'all got some folks you're going to see on Thursday, and you already know they've been feeding them with a bunch of mess and drama and issues because Jezebel needs a crowd. Jezebel's name in Hebrew means not exalted, which means she spends her whole life trying to exalt herself. So she surrounds herself with sycophants that feed her narcissistic sociopathic dysfunction. Her table is filled with falsehood. She's got 850 men that sit around her, men that sit around her. Question, why you got all these men around you, Jezebel? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. What, 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 watch me. What you're surrounded by reveals what you're filled with. You're surrounded by false because you're filled with false. And I need everybody to lift one of your hands in this, air, in this building and online and say, but things are changing for me. Think. Because remember, this is not just about people around you. You got to be careful because sometimes if he can't get around you, he'll get in you. Judas was so arrogant, he didn't realize that the enemy said, I'll just feel you, Judas. And the scripture says that, I feel like preaching now. The scripture says that Judas was filled with the, with the spirit of the enemy. That word filled in Greek is the word esokomai, which means he ate it like a thought, which means he had a conversation that gave him a spiritual possession. So all of a sudden, you were loyal to Jesus. Then you talked to somebody, and now you're trying to betray him. <sighs> All right, so now, look at verse 19. Uh, uh, um, now summon the people from all over Israel, meet me on Mount uh, Carmel, and bring 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. Now, if we just skip down to verse 40, mm-hmm. look, they seized them, and Elijah had brought them to the Kishon Valley, and they slaughtered them there. Everybody listen to me. And Elijah said to Ahab, there's a sound of heavy rain. Now, question is, listen, what has happened in these last several verses you just skipped? There's a showdown. Somebody say showdown. showdown. It was like Monday Night Raw. For my wrestling watches. Now, I ain't watched wrestling in over a decade, so does Raw still exist? It does. All right, we're going with it, okay? Some of y'all like Monday Night Raw. You remember Hulk Hogan? Because some of y'all, some of y'all don't know nothing about the new style of wrestling. Some of y'all, is that The Rock? Don't he still wrestle? Everybody look at me. There's a showdown. So Elijah says to all these false prophets, he says, listen, he tells all the people of Israel, he says, look here, God has had enough of this. Either you're going to give God your all or give your false God your all. What was their false God? God gave them something, then they made a God out of what he gave them. You got to be careful because many of you will say, no, I believe in Jesus only. Yeah, you believe in Jesus, but the truth is, is that you honor your job more than your God. You honor your spouse more than your God. You honor your kids more than your God. You honor, watch me, your fashion sense more than your God. Because some of you wore your ties. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. I got to preach hard, and I told you I got to preach it like Speedy Gonzalez. But lay your hands on yourself. Say, but my next 12 are my best 12. Come on. Why do you keep having me say that? Because I need you to realize that while I'm revealing something to you, that it's about to get better. If he reveals it, he wants to heal it. If he reveals it, he wants to heal it. So there's a showdown. So uh, Elijah says to all the false prophets, he says, do what you need to do to get your God to answer. And whoever answers, that's who we're going to obey. Check this out. Who have you put right here? Because some of you, what you put right there is your attitude. Your attitude is what you worship. Because if you don't feel like it, you ain't doing it. I do when I feel like it. And God says, you are an idolater. You kneel at the altar of your I'm so grownness. If you're grown, act like it. 
You kneel at the altar of what you feel like, what you've been through. You kneel at this altar. Watch me. For some of you, what you have seated right here is your victim mentality. Because you learn that that gets you more attention. If I walk around sad, people will start rubbing on my back and saying, what's wrong, girl? What's wrong? You, you okay? What's wrong? And so you walk into the house of God looking sad and sullen and downtrodden, not, not realizing your God has made you to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. I rebuke a victim and tell you, you are not a victim. You are a victor. Come on, I got to preach like Speedy Gonzalez. Let's go. Heck, so look, he said, whoever answers, that's who we're going to obey. So they, they, they build their altar. They do their thing. And then Elijah, he rebuilds the altar they let fall. What does that mean? At one point, God was important until they started winning. And when they started winning, they stopped worshiping. When they started winning, they got off of prayer. When they started winning, they were in church but disengaged. And they wanted to blame the pastor when the reality it was them. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. They want to blame the leader, but the reality is that they disengage. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. Well, maybe if they sing this, ain't got nothing to do with the songs that we sing. Is he good or is he not good? Because if he, and if he ain't good, you ain't got to say, you can have old school devotion with the deacons up front. Talking about, I, 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 and you still be able to say, I don't know that song, but I, 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 he's been good to me. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, God's been good to me, baby. I, I don't have to know the song to give him a shout. I don't have to know the song to give him a praise. I, So watch. So they have a showdown because the altar falls because they begin to worship what he gave them. Question, did he give you the marriage and now you've made an idol out of the marriage so it's going to have to end when it doesn't have to but because you made it a God, he has to take it down. Did he give you the car and bless you with it but now you've made an idol out of him because you made an idol out of it. Now he's got to let it be taken down because you worship it. You will fight over somebody eating in your car and you watch me and you'll treat the house of God like nothing. Y'all like... Mm. I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Would you please lift up your hands and say, God, I honor you. I honor you. So they have a showdown. They have a showdown. I got to preach like speeding Gonzalez. I got to go. So they have a showdown. And when they have this showdown, when they have this showdown, uh, watch me. Their false God doesn't answer. Their job doesn't answer. Their attitude doesn't answer. Their marriage doesn't answer. Their dating doesn't answer. Their girlfriend doesn't answer. Their boyfriend doesn't answer. Their friends don't answer. Their money does not answer. Can I tell you, money answers all things. Watch me, except the thing you're dealing with. <laughs> he says, whoever answers, that's who we're going to obey. So guess what? Their God doesn't answer. And so they wait for a little bit. Elijah's like, let's just wait a little bit. Maybe he's taking a trip. I love Elijah because he's petty. He's just like me and you. Petty don't mean a bad thing. Petty just means I want to make sure you get the point. Let me tell you, because some of y'all are like, Bishop, I'm not petty. Yes, you are, because when somebody tells you something, you know what you like to tell them? Well, girl, I, I told you. I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you. Y'all, look at all these petty people at this 1115. Come on, can you be, at least I can be honest about the fact that I am. So Elijah's like, hey, chill out. Maybe your God's taking a nap. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's resting. My God is ever-present help. My God never sleeps nor slumbers. Maybe your God needs to be reevaluated because maybe they are not a God. So they don't answer. So what do they do? The Bible says they start dancing. Give me some dancing music. Give me some trap. Just 1115. Give me some trap. Just 1115. Give me some something. Some, some. 
Let me have three of y'all. Come here. Three of y'all that can dance. Three of y'all that can dance. Three of y'all that can dance. If you can't dance, don't come up here. Three of y'all that can dance. Now, now, dance around this false god. This is the false god. Y'all get around it and dance. See, here's the deal. No matter how much you dance around your false god, it's never going to answer. Why? Because the truth be told, ain't nothing really there. Truth be told, ain't nothing really there. I don't care how much you dance around these fake friends, there's nothing really there. All right, stop. So then, so Elijah's like, <laughs> Elijah's like, when we dance, he responds. <laughs> when we clap, he moves. <laughs> and men shall clap their hands and hiss the devil out of us. Y'all clapping, he ain't doing nothing. But look, so then, then they were like, well, we need to sacrifice. So then they started cutting themselves. Uh, let's get him a fresh pen. That's my pen. Give me a fresh pen. Physical distancing, come on. All right, give each one of them a separate one. They gotta have separate pen, they gotta have separate, all right? Now, now don't literally do nothing to yourself, all right? I don't need to be raising you from the dead. I already pops out enough. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Everybody look, they took a tool, listen to me. They took a tool that they were supposed to use to make progress, and they take that tool, and that tool becomes self-destructive. They took their phone that they were supposed to use to make progress. And now that phone has become a toxic waste dump. You'll catch it in a minute. They took a tool. What did we give them pens? You're supposed to be writing your future. The pen is mightier than the soap. They took a tool they were supposed to be making progress with. And now they're cutting themselves with it. So you begin to take tools. And you now become self-destructive. And so much so they start bleeding. So now the tools they have, they were supposed to use to make the next 12, the best 12, to make the last part of this year, the best part of this year, instead of writing their future, watch me, they are chopping their lives. So now they start bleeding and they lick all the blood, lick all your blood, lick the blood. Don't touch each other now. They lick the blood. I just want you to stay safe and secure. Listen. Everybody listen. Watch this. God because their sacrifice to the false God didn't work. You mad at him because you put your mama name in front of God and now your mama name turned on you. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You mad at him because you made your boyfriend more important than your Jesus and now your boyfriend got Sally, Susie, Darlene, Jackie, and Shirley. Huh? So they sacrifice, and the blood is leaking all over the altar. And Elijah's so petty. I love him. God, I love this man. He walks over. This didn't work. But you've been doing it for years. What's sad is when I summoned you, you came because you knew I was the man of God, which means, watch me, you've been in church and doing this. You've been giving God glory and doing this. Come on, 11:15. Let me preach like I want to. I gotta preach like spitting. You've been worshiping and doing this. So Elijah says, "Y'all watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this." He builds his altar. He rebuilds it. 
He lays the wood out. God says, put some water on the wood. You want me to wet the wood? Isn't that going to make it harder to set on fire? He says, I know. He says, I want to give them a difficult situation to where they will know it was nobody but the Lord. Some of you got some wet wood and you've been trying to light it, trying to get it to work. God, I feel like preaching, trying to get it to move, trying to get it to happen. And God says, I put you in the middle of a wet wood situation because you're about to learn besides me, there is none. Yeah. He is the Lord and he creates good and evil. He creates the light and the darkness. And beside him, there is no other. That's Isaiah 45. So, the, so he says, God, you hear me. And they've been doing all this sacrificing for everything but you. They've been stressed out over everything but you. They've been worried about everybody else's opinion but yours. They've been worried about what everybody else thinks but you. Come on, let's be real. In 15, we've all been, we all been here with our wrists just hanging to our idols. But today. So then all of a sudden. Fire comes down. On three, everybody holler fire. One, two, three. Fire. Fire comes down. Fire licks up the water all around the wood. Fire licks up the wood. It burns the wood. It burns the sacrifice. There's nothing left there. They watch. And you know what they begin to do? They all lay on their faces prostrate. Can I get you to lay, ladies? You'll be okay. We'll clean you up later. <laughs> if I listen, because God says, you have been too arrogant to, to get into a posture of worship. So I gave you a wet wood situation to get you on your knees and to get you laying before your God. I wish there was somebody in this building that knew that I was talking about that you've been facing some stuff that made you get into a posture of worship because you've been a little arrogant. They say lift your hands, you don't lift them. They say clap, you don't clap. They say worship, you don't worship. But God's got a situation. He's got a situation that'll make you get on your face. And here's what they began to say. The Lord, he is God. 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 Yep, hey, what? He is God. He is my source. He is my provider. It is not my idol. It is not my job. Not my money. It's not my 401k. It's not my IRA. It's not my bill of health. What did we learn? We've learned that life can change in a matter of 14 days. But you are still in the land of the living, which means if you got a pulse, God still has a plan. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, he's not done with me yet. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. Come help them. Thank you, ladies. So check this out. After that happens, look at verse 40. They seized them, who? The false prophets. And Elijah brought them down to Kishon Valley, and he killed them. Not killed. This is 1115. He killed them. K-I-L-L-T. Killed them. Come on, let's be a good church. You need to know, read your Bibles. Come on. Kilt them. Like a kilt. Look. Watch me. And when, everybody look at me. And when they shut down the voices that were lying to them, listen, it's not enough to just get rid of the idol. Who's been telling you it's okay? Who's been telling you, girl, I know you all ain't married, but listen. You're you going to sit there and look at me like that? 
Who's been telling you it's all right if you don't go to church? It's all right if you don't worship? It's all right if you don't give? It's all right if you don't pray? Girl, it's all right. God know your heart. Man, it's all right. God know your heart, man. Listen, bro. Set Jesus in your heart, man. It's not enough to get rid of the idol. You got to shut the voices that made you think the idol was okay. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. You need to look at the people who told you it was right when it was wrong and say, you know what? You were being used by the enemy to make me think doing wrong was. I need you to act like you're about to shut some folk down. I need you to act like you're about to delete some folk and say, forgive me. I have no business dealing with you, no business talking to you because. Look, look, look. So what happens? To have this major victory. Say major victory. And the Bible says, Elijah says, I hear the sound of some heavy rain. Somebody say heavy rain. When it rains in the south, I remember one time I was in Florida. And I was, anybody from Florida in here online? All right, nobody? Nobody? Oh, wow. Oh, back here? Okay, okay. Um, So I was in Tampa going to St. Pete. And for those of you who know that area, there's this bridge. This bridge, this go ocean. Here go bridge. Uh Uh-uh, I need you to understand. Ocean right here, bridge right here. You don't understand. Motor vehicles right here, ocean right here. If it's a split splash, it's splashing up on the, do you understand me? And they were driving me and all of a sudden, it started raining real hard, and traffic just slowed down. And I, listen, I started praying in the Holy Ghost. I said, I can't believe out of all I've been through, this is going to be how I go out. Because I just knew that ocean was going to split splash all up on the road. And the driver, they were a little bit more passive than me. So they just kind of reacted. I'm like, you need to take this up over here and get on this side because the split splash is on the side we on. I need you over here. I know you used to this, but I'm not. It starts raining. I mean, listen, I was like, the heavens are open. When we say open the floodgates of heaven, this is what it means. I see the rain. I smell the rain. I feel the rain. And the rain is split splashing all up on this road. Everybody listen to me. It was raining so heavy, I had never seen a rain like that. Look at the verse. Elijah said to Ahab, hey, listen, man, I just killed these false prophets. Now that we've shut their voices down, God wants to give you major victory. Because what does the rain represent? In our agricultural society, the rain is going to get to the seed, which is going to make the seed grow. So why was the rain the blessing opposed to giving you the thing? Because the rain is going to bless the seed that you put in the ground, which is going to be more important than just giving you a thing. Let me see if I can say it another way. What you sow is about to grow. Mm. What you've given is about to return. What you've sown, you're about to reap. What you've planted, you're about to harvest. And this is bigger than money. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your talent. I'm talking about your energy. Some of you, you felt like you wasted your whole 18 months with somebody. You didn't waste nothing. You were sowing. And I smell rain. Come on. I see heavy rain coming. Listen, which means what you've already done, God is about to put some wind behind your efforts. Oh, my God. I I could throw this microphone now. In other words, God says, listen, you put a lot of seed in the ground already. What I'm about to do is put a little gas on it. 
I'm about to put a little mm on him. I'm about to put a little something, something on him. In other words, you've already been doing him. You've already been sowing. You've already been faithful. You've already been good. Now what I'm about to do is drop some water on that thing and make it to ch ch chia It's about to. Somebody holler. It's growing. Say, my sowing is growing. <laughs> Say, my sowing is growing. I got to finish. So he has this major victory. So the drought starts to end. Now we get to 1 Kings 19 and 1. I'm going to shift from NIV to New King James because I like the way it says it. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because he tricks talk. Watch. Watch. There are some people that they're studying what you do to go report it to somebody else. That's why you got to be careful the questions people ask you because your questions reveal your motives. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he executed the prophets with the sword. One man killed these hundreds of prophets. Then he used, if I had time to take you through the text, you'll see where he used the other false prophets to seize the other ones. He said, go seize them. He used the false prophets to go seize the false prophets, which means anybody who tries to plot against you, God's going to use them to destroy one another. Anybody that tries to plot against you, God's going to create confusion in their plot, and they're going to start chopping on one. Don't you clap back. God's about to clap on all of them. So look, so look, so Jezebel sends a messenger. Why? She's passive aggressive. She's never going to say it to your face. She'll text you. And when you call her after you get the text, she won't answer. She'll text you. She'll email you. She's not, she's passive aggressive. She is not aggressive aggressive. She likes to walk around like a lion, but she ain't one. She's only strong behind the desk. Mm. She's only strong behind the phone. When you say, listen, let's talk about this. Well, I don't really want to talk face to face. You know why? Because I just found out your spirit. You don't want to talk to me because, watch me, when you get around a real one, it scares the heaven, hell, and earth out of the fake ones. And everybody under the sound of my voice, everybody watching me, you a real one, baby. You like Coca-Cola. Somebody say, I'm the real thing. That's why they don't want to meet with you because they fake. And whenever you put a goach next to a coach, you see the imitator. Whenever you put a Louis next to a Lewis in them, you see the imitation. Whenever you put a Jordan next to a Jose, you see the imitation. Somebody say, I'm the real thing. How do you know that? Because you've been through hell, and the Bible says you came out pure as gold. How do I know I'm real? Because, baby, I ain't the perfect Christian, but I may not be. Come on here, where I want to be, but I can thank God I'm not where I used She sends a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me also as I'll make your life out of one of them by tomorrow at this time. She threatens it with action or inaction. She basically says, Elijah, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. Ike, Ike turned and told Anna Mae in the back of that ambulance, if you die, I'll kill you. Ike, so if she dies, you're going to kill her? Because Jezebel don't make sense. Because her hatred for you is because of what you are and whose you are. You didn't ask to be used by God, but he picked you. You didn't ask to be favored by God, but because you were faithful, he favored you. You didn't ask to be the gift within your bloodline, but you are. You didn't ask to be the Joseph in your bloodline, but you are. You didn't ask to be the curse breaker, but 
but you are, but you are. I need every curse breaker to give God five seconds of worship now. Go, five. Yes, Lord. Look, so let the God do to me. She threatens him. She says, I'm going to get you tomorrow. I'm going to get you, sucker. Somebody say the messenger said that. Watch me. Here's how the spirit works. It jumps on you and jumps on people around you. Because check this out. I want you to see the next verse. The verse says this. And when Elijah, come on, next verse, saw that. Go back to the past verse. And she sent a message to Elijah. What? It's underlined. Say. Next verse. And when Elijah saw, you'll catch it, last verse, saying, the messenger said something. How you know you're dealing with the spirit of Jezebel? Go to the next verse. Because you see something. It created panic. A false panic. Dude, you just call fire from heaven. You would, one man, God, can I tell you what God did? He lines up your enemies and you, boop, die, boop, die. I say we about it. I say we about it, about it. Which means God wouldn't even let them fight you. There's some enemies, they there, but God is going to put their hands behind. He going to put their hands behind their back. They going to be in front of you, but they ain't going to do nothing. Somebody say, I'm untouchable. I'm unstoppable. I'm unbreakable. She creates false panic. So he runs for his life. Run for it. He's running. Here's what the spirit of Jezebel does. It makes you run from your assignment. You give up on what you're called to do. And she ain't even why you called to do it. Spirit of Jezebel will get you to quit ministry, get you to quit serving, get you to quit, quit your job, quit your business. You'll quit what you're supposed to do. Bishop, how do I know I'm supposed to do it? Because it ain't easy doing it. Mm. Mm. You think that what you're supposed to do is supposed to be easy. No. God says, I'm going to put you, I'm going to give you something to do, and you're going to have to lean on me to do it. Paul said, Paul said, I got this thorn in the flesh, and it's impeding me to be an effective apostle. And he said, listen, don't you worry about it, Paul. My grace is sufficient, which means while you're doing what I called you to do, it ain't going to be easy to do, but you got my grace. And what did the old saints say? We've come this far, lean. We've come this far by faith. Look, I need you to lean with it and rock with it right now. We've come this far by faith, leaning. What have we been doing? Leaning. What have we been doing? Leaning on the Lord. So look, so he's on the run. Here he is. He called fire down from heaven a couple of hours, a few hours later, several hours later, uh, before. Now he's running. Where he run to? Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He runs to what's supposed to create praise, but instead he isolates himself. He runs, and now he isolates himself. But listen to me. The spirit of Jezebel will have you around help, and you not use the help you have. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You're talking about I need a word. We got thousands of messages on a podcast, on a YouTube, on an app, and you sitting at the house of my God, just speak. Open the app and click play, boo. <laughs> Sir. He isolates himself. Can I go further here? Verse 4. He goes a day's journey into the wilderness. Now, listen. He tells his servant to sit down. 
In other words, he sidelines his help. His servant's like, come on, let's go. And he was like, uh-uh, I just need some, I just need to be alone. Here, here's, the, here's the difference. There's a difference between isolation that's preparation and isolation that's devastation. See, preparation means I'm not doing this because I feel bad. I'm doing this because I feel good and I need to get focused on my future. Just got it? The other says, I feel bad and I just want to be by myself to be alone with my thoughts. You got that? So he goes a day's journey to the wilderness. So he has a self-inflicted wilderness prayer. Some of y'all are like, God, I just, it's just a wilderness in my life. And God's like, you walked over there. Elijah, you in your greatest winning. You missed it. You're in your greatest winning. You went to the wilderness. Y'all better hear me. You are in your greatest winning season. Don't you go over there to that wilderness. Let the record reflect that you have made more progress this year than other years. Don't you walk over there into that wilderness because the news said it. Don't you walk over there. I need you to talk like you from the south. Just look at somebody next to you. Don't touch them. Just look at them and say, don't go over there. He came and he sits down. What does he do? He takes himself out of the game. He sits himself down. Let me make it practical for church. I ain't going to be serving for a while. I rebuke you thinking you got the power to sit yourself down. Get up. Get up. I just need a break. From what? You ain't, you ain't beat enough to need a break. Uh-uh, don't you get quiet on me there. Don't, uh-uh, y'all can already tell. I'm on 43. I left 10 when I started the message. He takes himself out of the game. Everybody listen to me. One of the things that I have tried to do as your shepherd, is I'm not a perfect man. Jesus is our example. But I've tried to always demonstrate to you consistency. There are days and moments that you had no clue what I dealt with before walking outside that door. You have no clue the stuff. There's stuff that if I told you some of the stuff folks done did through the years, you'd be like, Bishop, give me a name, an address, and a phone number. Don't tell me nothing else, sir. And sir, please don't ask me what I did with that information. <laughs> sir, if I come back to church and my hands are a little red, just to, it's the blood of Jesus. But I'm glad Harvest got us some rider. I'm glad we got some Peters up in here. There's been moments, there's been moments where I was like, God, I got to go preach after this? Like, I didn't even get a 10-second break. Because what I have strived to demonstrate is you stay consistent to your assignment. If I listen, even if you're under attack. You ain't never came and worried whether or not business. You ain't never seen me get up and say, y'all, I ain't got nothing today. You ain't never seen that. You ain't never seen what we didn't have no serious plan. I'm just going to see what happens when I stand up here. Why? Because when you are an Elijah, what is an Elijah? The first in your bloodline to do it. You are setting the path and the trail for others to follow. If I listen to me. You don't have the luxury of being sloppy like others. 
Elijah was the first to have something called the sons of the prophets, where the other prophets of the day had the school of the prophets, which means he was the beginning of something new. Uh Uh-oh, this is the year of all things new. Come on. This is really the year where you do something new. He, He takes himself out of the game. Then look at what he does. He sits under a broom tree. I've taught you this before. Let me teach it to you again. A broom tree is also called a juniper tree in scripture. A juniper tree is what they use to flavor gin. Translation, Elijah been drinking. He sat up under the tree, pulled on the keg, pulled on the drink level, and had him a few shots. He was laid back, sipping on gin and juice. With his mind on his money and his money on his mind. What was he doing? Rolling down the street. Stop. We can't say no more. All right. Everybody look at me. Look, everybody look at me. Maybe yours isn't drinking. Maybe yours is drugs. Maybe it's porning. Maybe it's sexing. Maybe it's cussing everybody out that don't need to be cussed out. Maybe it's gossiping. You'll catch it in a minute. Maybe it's overeating. Uh-oh. You can have two baskets of rolls. Baby, that's eight. That's too much. Too much. You're doing too much. You do it. Sit down, Jackie. Sit down, Darlene. Sit. You're eating. That's too much for one person. Your stomach shouldn't even be able to fit all of that. And I speak to myself first, but I ain't done two baskets in a while. Praise him. I was so good. The last time we were sitting there with the restaurants with some good bread, I had one piece. Uh Uh-uh. You better clap for me. Do you know the self-discipline it took to only have one piece of that good hot bread? (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm just joking. Let's finish. Look what he says. He prays. He prays. He prays. Uh, Real quick, let me pray with this. Father, I come against counterproductive actions. Things that we do that aren't productive. Elijah started drinking. That wasn't productive. Elijah started drinking and sleeping, sleeping and drinking, drinking and sleeping, sleeping and drinking. Elijah started, he was drinking so much liquor that he all he could do was drink and go back to sleep. What was he doing? He was blacking out. Come on, Holy Ghost, speak. He was blacking out. He got so drunk, he just fell asleep. We come against counterproductive actions. Maybe it's not drinking. Maybe it's counterproductive thoughts. Whatever it is, we shut it down in ourselves. We shut it down in ourselves. Somebody say, we shut it down. I got to finish. So, so look, so then he prays. Look what he prays. He prays to die. It ignites, th- it ignites thoughts of suicide and depression and crazy prayer. He literally says to the Lord, Lord, kill me. How many of you are thankful that in your moments like this, when you pray some crazy stuff, God was like, I ain't even finna do that. I Watch me. We're grateful for when he says yes, but you know you really love him when you can thank him that he said no to something crazy you prayed for. So look, then he says, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life. I'm no better than my father's. Here's what this spirit makes you do. It makes you seem like failure is final. It makes it seem like failure is final. You're like, this is it. I can't ever recover from this. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, you shall recover. And it'll be better than it was. <laughs> then he says, I'm no better than my father's. It makes him ignore his progress. He stops seeing the progress that he has made in life and made in ministry. Elijah, you forgot that you were the first man in your bloodline to do this. You forgot that you were the first one in your city to do this. You're sleeping on you. Some of you are not even celebrating your progress. Like you have made way more progress. And Jesse, this old trick sitting up in your ear got you thinking you ain't done nothing. Paul, 
Because who in the building and who online can celebrate that you have made a lot of progress in And you, and you, and you, and you. Somebody say, I've made progress. But Jezebel will have you ignoring it. She'll have you ignoring it. She's like, you ain't done nothing. Look, look. Uh, okay, I got to just skip down here. Go to verse 25. I got to skip down because I got to finish. Verse 25. Y'all listen to 915. I think we may release both of them today. Normally, I pick a message for Sunday, and that's the one we go with. I think today might be a, a double header. Because <laughs> you got to hit at 915, but those that are at the 915 got to hit his 1115. Look, there was nobody like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord. Look at the next part. Because Jezebel, his wife, what did she do? Everybody read it. Stirred him up. How do you know you're doing with the spirit of Jezebel? They're close to you, and they stir you up. And listen. And they're not intimidated by your Holy Ghost. She's learned how to move around your Holy Ghost. The spirit of Jezebel is not intimidated by the fact that you can pray. She's learned how to fake like she's praying with you. The spirit of Jezebel is not intimidated that you worship. She's learned how to stand right next to you and look over at you with a smirk on her face and raise her hand. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. She hijacks, she hijacks who has access to you. And she stirs you up. She stirs you up. What does that mean? She stirs you up. What does that mean? You can never get settled. What does that mean? You can never get focused. Because you're always dealing with her. And remember, it's a spirit, so it's not just a, sir, a her or him. For some of you, you need to look at certain people and say, move out the way. Because my issue ain't even you, it's the spirit in you. For we wrestle, and let's go right through here. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but of rulers of darkness and principalities and powers of spiritual wickedness in high places. In other words, I'm not even fighting with no human being. I'm fighting with the spirit that's trying to make me abort. I'm fighting with a spirit that's trying to make me give up. But I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, but you will win. Come on, let's go to church for a minute. Y'all lay your hands on yourself and say, but you will win. Say a sweatless victory. Say, for this reason and for this time, were you sent? Put a praise on it right there, right there. Hey, well, look. So, so when they're getting ready to kill her, let's, let's jump over, let's jaywalk over to 2 second, second Kings 9 and 30. You're going to cross the street and it ain't no crosswalk. You know how Denver folk do. Let's go. I include myself in that, I. Now, don't judge me. But I figure anywhere I want to cross is a good place to cross. I, I looked both ways. Listen. Now, let me be a good example. Harvest kids, always go to the crosswalk. Look both ways before you cross. And for us grown folk, I'm just joking. 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 If I listen, but listen, Elijah gets called up into heaven in 2 Kings chapter 2. Because Elijah was the only spirit that could contend with her. How do you know? She killed the other prophets. Obadiah, who was the chief of staff for Ahab, had to hide some of God's prophets. I need you to listen to me very carefully. A the spirit of Elijah was the only thing that could contend with her. 
Let me see if I can say it in another way. The spirit of being a pioneer, of being the first, of being the curse breaker. Can I just go here? Elijah was a Tishbite. Tishbite means accomplishment. His past accomplishments gave him strength in his current predicaments. If I listen, so what happens is he's caught up into the heaven in 2 Kings chapter 2, and he comes back, and the gospels is John the Baptist. He prepares the way, according to Malachi chapter 4. He prepares the way for Jesus to come. He gets the ground ready. Why? Because God didn't want Samuel. He didn't want Zechariah. He didn't want Isaiah. He didn't want them. Why? Because they all had schools of prophets. He wanted Elijah who was making sons. In other words, he says, I don't need you how to teach people tasks. I need you to teach people who they are. Because if you teach them who they are, they know who they are. And you'll never have to cast out of them what's in them that's not what they do because they know who they are. I've never walked up to a cow and had to cast out the spirit of a chicken because they knew what it was. Please lay your hands on yourself and say, I know who I am. So look, I'm done. So guess what? His son, his spiritual son, Elisha, has this guy named Jehu. They take power now. And when they take power after Elijah, they're like, look, we're going to deal with this trip. We've had enough of her. Guess what happens? She gets wind that they're coming. And when she's about to be confronted, please listen to me because I'm about to explain to some of you why you have not made the tough decision you needed to make. When she gets wind that they are coming and they're coming, she knows she's about to go down. How do we know that? Because in Revelation, she calls herself a prophetess, which means she says she's a seer, which means you saw them coming. When Jehu had come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. You see, what does she do? She painted her eyes and, and adorned her head and looked through a window. Can I give you the reason why you haven't made the tough decision that you needed to make? Because when the spirit sensed that you were about to deal with it, it started changing how it looked. I'm going to throw it. It changed its presentation. And so when you were getting ready to shut it down, you started having mercy. When you needed to have the conversation, you started having mercy. When you needed to deal with it, it looks different. And now that it looks different, you don't take action. She changed how she looked. In other words, the situation morphed. You ain't going to kill me, are you? You ain't going to get rid of me, are you? That friend that you know been lying on you. When you call them and the Holy Ghost, watch me, and, and that spirit has detected that you're about to deal with it. I just want you to know I'm so appreciative for our friendship, and I know I ain't been a good friend. And then all of a sudden, when you needed to kill it, you're like, you know what? Everybody make mistakes. Y'all ain't talking to me. And instead of shutting it down, you let the trick live. But today, I declare wherever the spirit of Jezebel has been at work in your life, that spirit's coming down. Put a praise on it right there. Listen, listen, there's been moments. I can preach this spirit because I didn't beat her several times. Listen, what do you mean several times? I thought it was one time. Mm -mm, Listen. They throw her out the window that she's looking out of. Because she cares more about how it looks than how it really is. When they throw her out of the window, the Bible says, Bible says, I got to sow again because this word blessing me. <laughs> Listen. Whew. Bible says they throw her out the window. When they throw her out the window, 
dogs come up and rip her body apart and lick up the blood. The spirit in her is transferred to dogs. You ever met somebody and you like that person? Okay. Next week. Everybody look at me. Her spirit was carried away in dogs. There's a reason there's a negative connotation with a female dog that describes certain types of behaviors that ain't nobody listening to me part of. Uh uh. I don't care who put that label on you. That ain't you. In the name, I just heard the Holy Ghost loud and clear. You better rebuke every negative thing people then spoke about you, every negative label and sticker people tried to put on you. Say, I am not that. So her spirit's still alive. So much so in Revelation, God says, I got this one thing against you. You allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, which means she always exalts herself. She calls you to exalt herself over you. The Lord gave me a word for you. You need to tell her, he don't need to talk to you. I got a pastor. He don't need to come by way of you. I got a prayer life. He don't need to come by way of you. I, I don't need you to give me no secondhand parking lot prophecy. The Lord told me, he ain't told you nothing, Jesse. Sit down and shut up. Everybody look at me. Look at the verse. The spirit cares more about how it looks and how it really is. How many will be honest? Here it is. Here's the question. After describing this spirit, you already know that there's some jezzies in your life that you're going to have to deal with. All right. Wait a minute. Put your hands down. How many of you? All right. Here's the real test of maturity. After describing this spirit, you see there's some areas you need to cut in your own life. Come on here. That's how you know you're growing. That's how you know you're growing. That's how you know you're getting better. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION. 
to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is a place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.